Welcome to For Times the Chizzle. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt. The Shea Butter himself is rubbing the sun, Monty. While he is absent, we have two special guests with us. We have Nick and Kyle rounding out the list of judges for the Mid-Year Roundup 2023, everyone. True consistent parts of this podcast. That's right. And as we are on the dawn of a new era of turning a new leaf, I'd like to take it over first to okay. Matt, yes. our stalwart. What's up, bud? Not- what, what, what you been up to? What's grooving to you? Uh, quite Actually, something really interesting happened, and this is very infrequent for me. I found a video game that I really, really liked. To the really? point where I 100 percented it and played the whole thing in one day. What's uh, it called? It's called Inside. It's the uh, follow-up really? from the people who made Limbo. Um, yeah, yeah, Limbo, I think is the right name. Um, I was trying to find a game that reminded me of, like, Control. Um, like, I kind of wanted, like, a spooky, stealthy adventure game. Um, and as you guys know, I, ha- I kind of have a... Uh, I don't have a lot of tolerance for like long AAA solo games um, because I don't play them all the way through. Uh, but I, I I found Play Dead Entertainment who made um, who made Limbo, and everyone online that I read about said Inside was the game that reminisced reminded them in vibes uh, at the most of um, of Control, and it was genuinely one of the most fun I've had playing an indie game since Stanley Parable. Um, I highly, I highly recommend all of you. If you haven't played it, go and play it. Um, it's a 2d platformer puzzle game, um, that has some like really unique and immersive uh, artwork and, and there's no like overt storytelling outside of just the character's journey through the environment. There's no like dialogue. Um, but it's so beautifully done. And if you liked control, um, the building and the facility you move through throughout the game has the same vibe as the uh, facility from that game. Um, and just this really innovative way of controlling minions that reminded me of playing Overlord again. Um, so yeah, highly recommend Inside. I also did my homework for Monty. Um, well, we're going to have to talk about that next week oh oh i hope you watch meanwhile blood for dracula uh, matt blood you are bringing your expertise <clears throat> to this mid-year musical roundup yeah. as we all know you are the sultan of sounds and <laughs> wow at the end of 2022's year-end review, you had one of the highest composite scores for your selection of music i, I fucked myself if i had put zovi on that list i would have won <laughs> hey, I I was a Zovi apologist alongside you. Yeah, you weren't as apologetic as everyone. <laughs> I will uh, say, though, Matt, someone who wasn't is one of our guests today. He also has quite solid musical taste. It is Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle, what's where up? Have, where have you been the last six months, buddy? I've been here. You just haven't invited me back, goddammit. Um, so life update for kyle um so popped my knee about a month ago it's about 90 percent better so can't argue about that um finished up our DD campaign with nick yesterday um and we're about to start a new one in a couple weeks and at the end of the week i'm gonna go to the land of scotch and claymores 
for a wedding. That is beautiful. By the way, remind me to mention something about D&D when we are off mic. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, my. I need, I need, no, I need help trying to get out of a D&D game that's, like, terrible. Ooh. I mean, just, like, I got to figure out how to, like, get out of this campaign. You say you don't have time to play anymore and you leave. Yep. I need, I need to reprioritize <laughs> my schedule and I can't play, unfortunately. Dude, it's, I mean, okay. Okay. Anyway. And of course, <laughs> this mid-year roundup would not be complete. Or even possible. Without my counterpart, my other half, my opposite, <laughs> the yin to my yang, whereas I had the worst musical taste of 2022, this man was the king of the ring, of the microphone, of the scene. Ladies that, and gentlemen. That one really fell a fucking part there, by the way. <laughs> that was that was a real quick downward spiral into Taz is tired on AEW Dark. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Where's Monty he the is, soundboard? He is he is the the tongue twirler himself. Oh, Oh no! Please welcome. <laughs> that's what that's what all his girlfriends call him. Please welcome Nick, everyone. Yay. Th- thanks for having Yay. me. Thanks for I'm having me back. God, I mean, welcome I felt back. real good at the beginning of that intro, but yeesh, I don't you know. You have man. you have you have a well, new I achievement. Well, I am the I am the king year. of shit for the year mm. 2022. So you sort of take what you can get, you know. Mm, I, I have the I have poor taste. Well, ben, empirically, mathematically, and a, and as the and as the individual with poor taste, and as goes along with our mid year roundup this year, you were delivered fifteen albums: one from me, one from Kyle, one from Nick. Well, okay, five from each. Wow, that that <laughs> fell apart as well. Let <laughs> 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 just start this whole thing over. Like, God yeah, okay, that's fair. But uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, but. As usual, with our mid-year roundup, uh, Nick, Kyle, and I actually listened to music um, throughout the year. And now we all ebb and flow, and then eventually uh, one of the three of us starts badgering the other people about this podcast and about this episode, which is the best motivation of the year um, to really dive into some good music. So between myself, Nick, and Kyle, we each provided our top five albums of the year, or close to our top five albums of the year and made one big playlist then as the honor of the of the the king of shit we take that list and we give it to ben and we ask him to put it in his order this is also our way of forcing ben to listen to music it's a great and endeavor will... just like i can force ben to watch movies and read books now that's right and i will tell you matt i did put this in an order but oh i might have kind of uh pulled the producer card here whoa how? I figured that since Nick is the tastemaker of 2022, I felt like we should go off of his ranking oh, that's... for the mid-year roundup. So but I've that's asked weird Nick, because that just puts all his albums at the front. You that's why you as the impartial pile of shit. List. Now, oh. I will provide my rankings... But I feel like this is the cross we must bear. No, I don't. I, not not in any discredit to you, Nick, at all. You got good opinions this year. Um, so far. 
Uh, I oh, this feels wrong. Let me put it this way, Matt. This feels wrong. If I'm the one who places these in order, yeah, all of Nick's albums will just be at the back instead. Well, that's your problem. So it's it's not spreading it out any more than it has to. I, I we'll see about that. I'm not no discredit to Nick. I just it just feels wrong. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes and fuck, but I'm excited. I I will I will give Nick a uh, a little a little merit badge here. For the first time in fourth times the charm roundup history, I've liked every album that Nick has brought to the table. <sighs> Wow. And that's why it's a good thing that Nick is leading. Now, before we get started, everyone, uh, follow us um, on our socials. Matt has that. He'll say it. Uh, fourth times the charm official on Instagram with yep. underscores for ben, TTC. Ben said it. Um, At and just as a heads up for me, or for TTC.com. Thanks, Monty. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, next week, we will have Monty's albums yes. listed out uh, when he is back so we can discuss with him. But uh, in the meantime, I would like to say that the biggest omission from the three of you this year, in my opinion, is Astral Corridors by Gone Mage. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I think it's by far Gone Mage's strongest album, and I put it right up there with any of these albums and above the vast majority of them. As, so I as, was a huge as, fan of it. As the other resident Gone Mage stand, um, I really, I really liked it. It's definitely one of my honorable mentions, and will probably make its face more known in our end of year roundup. Um, it's just an album I haven't had a lot of time to sit down with. Um, the other albums on the on the list kind of released at the perfect time, um, and so I think we'll see that one come back. There's a couple of albums that just came out in the last like three weeks. That I think are really going to change my top five. And so, if no, if if Whoa, if there uh, are uh, no more <laughs> comments, then we shall Religious wet objection. ourselves to Nick's list as we begin the 2023 mid-year roundup, <laughs> sponsored <laughs> by Snickers. Whoa, hold on, I ain't pay a shit. It's Snickers with two K's, unfortunately. The first K is silent. And we're going to start out our list with <laughs> number 15. Wow, that was... I, my, my, my heart is shook. <laughs> we're vibing out today, <laughs> this baby. is This is really the AEW dark of podcasts today. Sure is, pal. <laughs> we're going to start out with number 15 on our list here. Uh, this is an album I quite enjoyed, and Wait, Nick this, apparently did list? not. Because number 15 <gasps> from Nick's list of the mid-year roundup albums 2023, he, the worst of the best in his opinion is Bonginator oh, with the album okay. The Intergalactic Gorbong of Death Pot. Hell yeah. Nick, talk to me. Or you actually, know, who? Oh, well, actually, oh, oh, actually, uh, no. Nick, whoa! Who, who chose Bonginator? Whoever chose Bonginator, tell us about Bonginator. Kyle, we're starting this off yeah, positive. Kyle, right. Kyle illuminate <laughs> us on okay. Bonginator. All right. So officially, this is not on my top five. I don't um, give a shit, Kyle. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So I, I will give you my reason why. 
because it is so dumb and I love it. But anyways, um, so Bonginator, they are a Boston-based band. Um, they're only about two years in at being a band. And as you can tell within their name, they like smoking weed, a lot of it. And also singing about poop. 420 pounds of it, by the way. But anyways. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> no, I deeply enjoy this album. I thought it was relatively diverse. Um, just nice, chuggy death metal. Um, has a nice synthwave interlude in the middle of it just to break up the monotony a little bit. Then just goes right back into death metal. And it's just great, in my opinion. But there are definitely better albums within the list. Um, and But it's also, I personally think there's a few that are also bad that well and 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 this this album also for for kyle and i know for me we two albums that both nick and that kyle and i had in our top fives were in nick's top threes um and so i put my number six album on the list we'll talk about that one later kyle kyle went for the comedy pick and for me i would say when it comes to bonginator there it's like uh eradication of the unworthy infants and sanguisugabog uh but they're like 15 I was going to say uh, 13, yes. but That's yes. kind of the vibe. They're like teenagers from from Boston, and they're making death metal that their parents would be upset about. Um, and it's, it's, it is straightforward and about bongs. And I quite liked it. I, I, yeah. had, I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was way better, I felt like, than it had any right to be. Yeah. Like, I feel like if we were in college... And we saw with like this would be like our favorite band. <laughs> well, there, there, like, when we were in college, the band of that, of that nature was Cannabis Corpse, um, and we also all are all fans of a pirate metal band. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, I I was very pleasantly surprised by Bonginator, uh, Tastemaker. What, what what are your thoughts on on the Bongin? I honestly liked it. Like it's a good album. Like, it's it's not quite my cup of tea with how far it spreads across the death metal uh, genre. Like, there's some definitely babbling creep bits where I'm like, mm, I'm okay. But overall, I, I really liked it, and the fact that I really liked my least favorite album really speaks the, to the list the, this the year. Good sign. Like, yeah, like the, like it was hard ranking these this year, and yeah, frankly, agreed. no one posted a objectively bad album. Um, that means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We've come so far, guys. This is the year that unites all all tastes, so, and it's under the regime of the taste maker. So, Nick, uh, so Ben, before we get to the next one, where did you have this ranked on your list? Uh, I had it. I had it close to my top five. Oh shit! What what what, what number? Tell us. It was like seven. Okay, so that's good. Like so seven, seven to fifteen, yeah, middle of the pack. All right, yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick, middle of the pack, but a strong middle of the pack. Take, t- like, like an exhale from from a bong rip. Take us to the next album. Well, number fourteen on the Tastemakers list is a band with quite a curious name. It is Dawn Raid yes. with the album "To Know the Light." Whose album was this? This is mine. This is my number four album of the year. Um, Dawn Raid are a British, uh, melodic black metal band. Um, and they are, uh, well known for being parts of like the red slash anarchist black metal scene. 
um, insofar as that they're singing about like anti-fascism, um, like class struggle, anarchism, and revolution. Um, this album, uh, while portraying a very like kind of beautiful, almost folky um, approach to black metal, I think has a very like soft but beautiful kind of like melodic approach to the their song titles, including these tremendous bits of like folk-driven chanted vocals. Um, and almost like storytelling moments. Um, and I think what really stands about this, this album and stood out to me when I initially listened to it is actually the lyrical themes, uh, where a lot of black metal can be very polit political and a lot of black metal can also be like distinctly anti-political and it, and you can fall wherever you want on that spectrum. Um, and I'm not necessarily going to say I, I support Don Raid's political views. But I, what I found very interesting about it is that the whole album is centered around this like worker struggle and what it means to be like a working class person in Britain right now um, and really speaks to that. And hearing that story kind of portrayed in this genre of music, especially in this style, uh, was a real breath of fresh air for me. And I really, really like it. This is when I first heard it was very close to the top of my list for number one. Very cool. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Um, I like this album. Um, I thought the uh, the composition is nice and grimy. Um, has that nice uh, almost recorded on a toy feel, but not quite. Um, but the biggest highlight is actually the acoustic songs on this album yeah. for me. Um, I thought they shined actually more than the black metal parts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I, can, that's I can agree a, with that. Yeah, and I thought that was a massive testament to the band itself. So I really did enjoy it. I thought musically it was a very strong album. I've had a hard time with the lyrics. Um, I mean, it clearly had a purpose to them, but I thought that there were certain songs where the lyrical choice just sort of fell apart entirely and just sounded really cheesy. Like, um, like in what in what what way? Like, was it during like the slower, more like? chanted moments or do you mean like just yeah, in general i just felt i i felt like i i don't know if i felt like th they were trying to push the message through over the tone of the song but it just felt a little dissonant and jarring compared to some of the music mm. that was running with it just felt a little dissonant with me okay i liked it I see uh, but i ranked it about 11th on my list respect nick what did you think about this uh dose of british black metal I really liked it. Big fan of the lyrical content and what he's yeah. singing about. Um, my only real criticism of it is that personally, I found it to drag on a bit. And like, mm. while the album itself isn't actually that long, by like seven, eight songs in, I was kind of like, I've kind of heard what you had to, to do here. Like, not necessarily in terms of what he had to say um, in terms of political views, but more so his musical style. The last couple of songs, I'm like, I kind of heard what you did, and you're still doing the same thing, and mm. it doesn't vibe with me as much as the other albums on here. Um, like it's I said, I still really like this album, but if we have to, if I have to criticize it at all, that's really my only criticism. It's it's very funny, Nick, that you you mentioned this specific criticism because that's exactly how I felt about Black Braid last year, mm. and when I listened to this album. While being different in its approach, I had like a similar experience, but I was so like captured and it was long enough that I did it did they didn't really come down as a negative to me. It was just like, oh okay, there's just more happening. Um, and it was also like the slow moments, like go free as 
uh, go as free com uh, companions. Like that kind of, I see that criticism, and but those moments were pulled back. That's exactly how I felt about Black Braid last year. Well, we're going to have strong opinions about this next one. Oh. Number 13 on <sighs> Nick's list is Ulther. Oh, whoo! With All right. their album Helionomicon. Yes, so this is another one of my picks. Also, a, um, I'm sure a, a, a pick from Ben. Um, I don't know if Ben would have put their al other album, but um, Ulther is a uh, black death progressive extreme metal band uh, from Oakland, California. Um, they have released... The mean streets of Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is their third, kind of fourth studio release. Um, back in 2018, they released Cosmovore. In 2020, we on this podcast talked about the release Providence. And earlier this year, um, Ben um, did a podcast talking about Ulther's double album release of the year, which was Anthronomicon and Helionomicon. Um, this being the second of those two releases and being the monolithic of the two. Uh, where Anthronomicon is full of multiple medium length to short Ulther songs, um, comprising a, a journey and kind of like tastes of all of the different things that Ulther can do. Uh, what we see on Helionomicon is the two songwriters and two primary members, uh, Steve and Shelby, being given themselves the time to fully express their musical flair and style, each of them giving themselves a 20 minute track. Um, yeah, I think this is a really beautiful slab of like chaotic, progressive, uh, death black metal. Um, to me, Ulther's kind of always been, um, the, the version of Blood Incantation that I think other people get out of Blood Incantation. And on this release, I think they really solidified that. Um, and this comes above Anthronomicon just because, and I think Ben put it beautifully in his review of the two albums where... Uh, he was listening to Anthronomicon and wishing they would do more. Um, and then on Helionomicon, they do all of that. Um, yep. <laughs> um, so really, really happy uh, to have this album come out this year. This is like bordering on my number six album of the year to my number five album. Uh, but really good release nonetheless. Uh, Nick, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you thought about it before we get to Kyle. This is a really good album. Um. So you know, I I feel like I'm gonna have to say this for the all the bottom fives that yeah. I like every single one of these albums. We'll just just blanket um, statement. All the all the albums this year are good. To, yeah, between, I agree with you on that too. Yeah, blanket statement. It there are bits of it that I don't quite vibe with in the black and death metal genre. Um, mm -hmm. It just it just doesn't. It's not my cup of tea. Um, I don't like my black and death to be this long either um if i'm gonna listen to a 20 plus minute song it's probably has to be a power metal epic about going through space and time or it needs to be soul crushing doom metal uh, there's not too much in between for me um both of these songs i felt like could have been broken up into separate songs and i probably would have enjoyed it more to be easier to come back to you should listen to um, anthronomicon <laughs> i probably should um <laughs> And, uh, and that was the other thing kind of keeping this album a little lower ranked is that I felt like I couldn't easily come back to it. That each of these mm -hmm. songs felt like a commitment to listen to. Um, oh. Kind of like Be the Bell Witch problem. Yeah, 100%. Like, which is why Bell Witch will never be in my top 10, even though I yeah. think they objectively make amazing music. Yeah, likewise. 
What do you think, Kyle? So I have similar opinions to Nick, um, but I can go a little bit more in depth. I thought the album was great. The chaotic uh, organization of the album is great. Um, the second song could literally be broken up into five separate songs. <laughs> um, and I also had a bit of an issue with the mixing. Um, Matt did explain to me why that was, and it makes sense. Um, but I thought the vocals really drowned out and were lost in the mix. So it's like it was really hard to grasp everything that I wanted to out of the album. And uh, Ben, what did you, what did you feel about all of their words? You have this, it ranked for you on your. This list. was my number two. Yeah. Uh, of the fifteen albums, I thought this was a beautiful album. I yes. feel like it's one of the most. At, I'm, I think it's probably, at least to me, the most atmospheric of the year. Mm, I feel like yeah. there's so many small details they sprinkle in. I mean, it is like there are as many layers to this music as there are ridges on a Ruffles potato chip. Um, beautiful analogy. And, yeah. Look at the album artwork. Uh, that's that. That's the texture of that chip. Yeah, also best I, I album artwork of the year. Just throwing it out. Anthronomicon really didn't do much for me, which mm. probably means Nick will love it. Yeah, Nick will probably, uh, but <laughs> Nick will love Anth. Kyle will probably also prefer Anthronomicon, which but, is mean, amazing Helio, for a band to do twice yeah. in one year. Helionomicon to do it the same fucking time. Yeah. Helionomicon for me is like a Hellraiser movie. Mm-hmm. Or from beyond or Dagon, yeah. but as an album. And yeah. it's just so fully immersive to like put your headphones on and close your eyes and just feel like you are being thrown through like this Lovecraftian hellscape. Um it's, truly... it's a really it's a really transformative album to me. I my my top two I feel like are just so far ahead not because the other albums are bad but just because i really like them that much yeah, i will i will say despite this one being i think like my number six uh, of the year i i think this is the b- single best songwriting of the year um when it comes to like the pure technicality because yeah, like i i explained this to kyle is that author the two primary members were having like some health issues while recording this and like lockdown and all that jazz. And so the album was largely recorded from two different studios across the country, like one yep. in Virginia and one in California. And they were just like sending themselves each other. And I think one of their members was basically dying um, while recording the album too. So it's a real interesting like context that leads to it, but you still find this like genuinely incredibly chaotic music that is so well written and so well constructed that it makes complete sense. It really is like the Stuart Gordon of of like progressive or like yeah, progressive extreme metal or almost like Gaspar Noé where it seems like crazy shit's just happening but it all leads to something. And before Very we move on, so. big shout out go listen to Cosmovore their 2018 release. It's a bit more grindy but it's really fucking cool. I tell you something else that's really fucking cool. The next album on our list, number 12 for the first half of the year, while while Matt's apparently passing a kidney stone, it is Majesties with the album Vast Reaches Unclaimed. Kyle. All right, give me one second. I'm pulling them up. What? All right, so so, Majesties is a... Have them all pulled up. Tabs tabs all right no uh sorry so majesties is a mellow death metal band from minneapolis minnesota 
Um, they only have one release, and this is the first one. But technically, they are a black metal band as well. So uh-huh. this album is actually recorded in a black metal style for uh, like not being like as crisp as most mellow death bands want their sound to be. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit more grimy, which I absolutely enjoy. And they made the album itself for people that generally do not like mellow death because you know all the glitz and glam and all that bullshit um and it's just very forward straight to the point not not a lot of frills but well, it's just like solid riffing all the way through and to to your point kyle uh the members of this band make up the live band for the uh boston massachusetts area uh melodic black metal band of great renown over the last couple of years amongst the underground um, Obsequia, or however the fuck you say it. Um, they're, uh, so they all are members of one of the most popular and well-regarded melodic black metal bands, in addition to being in this Mellow Death project. Um, yeah, this is another great piece of Mellow Death. I, I had two Mellow Death albums I really liked this year. One of them is basically black metal, but they call themselves Death, so depends on who you're talking to. Um, but this, uh, this was the second one, really solid, really straightforward, good, uh, kind of beautifully and well-produced melodic death metal. It, it does, it does no harm. There's nothing that about this album that's going to make you be like, oh, why the fuck do they do that? Everything they do is just really consistent. Um, and they got some sexy riffs on it. Like our gracious captors is just fucking riff central. Mwah. Yeah. I, I had a I had a very similar experience too, Matt. Uh, I thought it was very good. I not no like particular song really stood out mm-hmm. to me. Um, mm-hmm. I had it like right in the middle of the list. Um, I have I have Monty's albums in here, so I don't have an exact number. Um, I I thought it was nice and heavy. I really liked the vocals, but there wasn't one song where I was like, oh, this is the song, you know. Yeah. And and I think that's kind of the point of the album too. It's not just to, you know, focus on one like song, it's more of like an expansion of the album, not overshadowing each other and each individual song. Sure. Mm-hmm. But what of the taste maker? Yo, this album's a bop, dude. Yeah. Um, good time. Yeah, like I mean I love me some some mellow death. Uh, it's a great fucking time. Um, honestly, the reason that this ranked lower is because of the grime, griminess of it. Mm. I do like my pristine mellow death, which should not be surprising based on my power metal and heavy metal tastes. <laughs> we'll see what the um, top of the list looks like. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but I mean, there's portions just gonna of this. Turn off my <laughs> microphone. Yeah, it's probably for the best. This there's portions of this album that's just like straight power metal, under mm. the guise of mellow death. Uh, and I'm so here for it, and it's honestly why I like a lot of Mellow Death because it's functionally just really heavy power metal. Matt, why did you message me to say the word obsequie? Because that's the name of the black metal band that all three of these guys are in. Um, ah, if mm. you if you want to hear what these guys sound like, but with a bit more epicness and a little bit more power metal aesthetic to them, Nick, go listen to the what Ben just said. Oh, added to the list. Obsequia. At least yeah. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's, it's Latin. It's, it's my in, best get. And it means it means, um, a, yeah, it's the plural of a word meaning oquik, which is like a Catholic funeral. Well, rounding out the back third of our top fifteen here, number eleven on the list is <gasps> my number one. Oh shit! Of the mid-year roundup, 
And that is Volg with wow. album three. This is your number one? I really like I'm, this album. I'm more shook that that's your number one than I am that it's Nick's number 11. But Kyle, this is your album. Tell ben, I love album. you so much. I love you too, Kyle. <laughs> tell me. Tell me. <laughs> what, what, what about Volg? So Volg. Volg. <laughs> It's it's Walg. Um, is it Walg? Yeah, it should be a It's Walg. It's Dutch for disgust. Um, fun fact metal. of the day. Yeah, right. Um, they're a black metal band. Um, two piece. They're both brothers, by the way. Um, from Gord- Groningen, uh, Netherlands. Yeah, I got there. Uh, yep, yeah, I got there. This is their third release. They released one album a year. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, Great album. Uh, a ton of singles, too. Yeah, ton of singles. Um, I absolutely love this album. This is actually my number two. Um, so it, it just goes right into it. Um, nice build up for the intro track, then just dives right into Satan. <laughs> That's yeah. for lack of a better term. Um, and it's just like riffs on riffs on riffs, um, some solos here and there, nothing crazy. Like, not like a mellow death solo, but they're like black metal solos. And it's. It just goes, and I love it. There's not much I can say about it besides just go listen to it and I, enjoy I mean, it. Not, not only does it go, but like the depth in each of the songs is amazing. Like I really want to see them do like a straight up Lovecraft album, because this sort of dips its toes into it. It feels like the opposite end of like a Gone Mage, right? Like they're in the same space but sort of doing things flip. Gone Mage what? is very like techno black metally right whereas this is metal but it's it it incorporates like five maybe like 10 percent synths and it's deep in the background and so it 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 creates this weird crazy like otherworldly sense like a helionomicon does but it does it with a much faster pace it it's consistently varied throughout it, it constantly keeps you on your toes as it's changing around uh the the it, it just sounds so ghoulish and transformative i love the melodies and just how diverse the instrumentation is throughout the whole album um uh beer put there on on wettenheide yeah. on wettenheide got it the that song is so ace like if like i feel like i could spend an hour just listening to that song trying to deconstruct everything that's going on inside it it's just such a lush full album with so much to uh to to sort of piece apart um Um, can i add one last thing too sorry yeah absolutely yeah um (laughs) god damn it matt um so the vocalization within this album too um it's not just yeah it's not just one tonal note there's a lot of inflection and a lot of emotion within the vocals too like you could yeah. you can listen to the pain and anguish within the vocals and it, that's so hard to convey it's just absolutely beautiful in my opinion yeah yeah Th- this album really just like grabbed me by the uh, by the testicles <laughs> and it just yanked me throughout so well much like Walg's logo um, I think they were just really straightforward. Um, I very similar to Majesties. Um, the reason this album isn't higher on my list or more present 
um, I think is because it just kind of does its thing and it does it really well, but those kind of lush complexities and kind of like depth you got out of it, Ben and Kyle, for me, were just kind of like, oh man, they pulled it off. If mm. that makes sense. Like it didn't feel. Felt a little soulless. Not necessarily soulless, but like there wasn't as much variety in hmm. its play. Um, like the places that it, it tried to go didn't feel refreshing to me. Um, and, and again, to Nick's point too, this is still a fantastic album. Like, like beer doing on to hide, like is a great fucking song. Um, like I really liked Zine and lead or whatever the hell ever say it. Um, but for me, there just wasn't as much freshness. There wasn't anything that like made me really excited. Both to the album's credit and against it, it sounds like one big, well-written composition where they kind of had this like image in mind the whole time they were writing and recording. Um, but it didn't go to that level or to that, I guess, maybe to the flavor that would have pushed it higher for me. But still fantastic. Great musicians. Not, no. What about the Tastemaker? You have final say. Yeah, I share a lot of the same opinions as Matt on this one. Um, I will say my numbers 8, 9, 10, and 11 are more or less interchangeable. Um, because they all kind of... change it. But they're no. interchangeable. Um, and yeah, like it's really straightforward, good black metal. And they kind of yeah. dip their toes in and around the genre a bit. And they do everything really well. But there's nothing about this album that I'm like, wow, this is fucking different. This is like super unique and like really drawing my attention to it. It's just We're really coming to that good later. black metal. Well, may- maybe my lack of experience worked to their benefit. But I say, I mean, good job, Walg. I, I think I think agrees. really it is. And in, in, in this is happening with Kyle and I. It's a matter of flavor. Mm. Like this, this, Kyle and I both love epic soundscapey melodic black metal with like p- like with like a good synth or a piano and some like great riffing with cool vocals like i mean i think we all kind of like that but i know kyle and i really vibe on that one but we I was have just happy to have an album with synths that didn't beat you over the head with it i, I feel like wow. there's so many albums holy shit um I, and <laughs> second best album artwork of the year on this one of at least the list but yeah, I think it's a, it's a matter of flavor for for this one between Nick and I and you and Kyle. Fair enough. Uh, and I know what Nick's 10th favorite flavor for the first half of 2023 is. It is Leipa? Leipa? I've been saying Leipa. Leipa. We'll go with Leipa. Apologies if that's probably wrong with the album Rue. Kyle. Tell us about Leva. So this is the same guy from Cannon Fever. <laughs> yeah, noise. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, he's from Bromberg, Bavaria, Germany. Um, instead of, this is one of his, what, four projects? Three. It's uh, it's Cannon Fever, or Cannon, Fe- or Cannon Fever, uh, Lipa, and Non Els Dus. Yeah, Non Els Dus. Yeah, they all Dus released is- albums this year. Well, they all released at least something this year because Lipa had a full album, um, Nonus Deuce had a full album, and uh, Cannon Fiber released a, a live album. 
Oh, I didn't. Um, I saw their video for Cannon Fever. They released one on the, on YouTube. Um, I saw Nones Deuce uh, was last year. I didn't care for that he album did, as much. He released them last year and this year. I need to check out the album this year yeah. because the one last year was just very straightforward and just did its thing. Um, it's, but, it's black metal. <laughs> yep. Um, Lipa, another black metal band, but <laughs> is a lot more depressed. <laughs> Um, Rue is German for regret. So, (laughs) this album, it's like known as Deuce and Cannon Fever mixed together, but black metal. And that's what I love about it. Um, I really just love Cannon Fever, if you haven't noticed. Um, It it hits this heartstrings really well, even though it's all in German again. (laughs) Um, But, like, you can hear the emotion within the vocals. Um, The black metal parts are are great it's it just chugs and the arpeggios you know just hit hard it's blast beats everywhere i it's black metal and it's depressing and i love it that's just me (laughs) i think i think leapia was also one of the albums that was almost in my top five it's right on the border um i like this a lot more than canon pfeiffer um i thought canon canon fever was kind of was cool um, this felt really good. This, when it comes to the flavor of black metal, is that like almost like not suicidal depressive black metal, but it has that like shrieky kind of like drawn out. He does create a little filth vocals on the album, which I think is a bold move. Um, but I really fucking like it. Um, it's a really God, that's a big fucking fly. Where does this fly come from? <laughs> 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 Um, God, get out of here! I fly. think it Fuck. has a really good, oh. uh, aggressive tone to it, to Jeez. amongst all the black metal on this year's list, um, and it has that the vocals really carry that kind of sharp, sad tone throughout the whole album. Well, um, you know, yeah, where'd you have this? It's on rare. It's rare that someone can look at something and be like, "That was." That was probably a poor call uh, <laughs> before you even talked oh, about it. I have like, this ranked like gold. I have this ranked pretty low, uh, and it's for a pretty bad reason. I thought the music was fine, uh-huh. except the background vocals on the music kept distracting. Background me. vocals. Yeah, like the, like like the backing vocals, because oh. the dude, the the dude kept reminding me of Randy Newman. When when he's doing his when he's singing, he's got like he's German. I, it just but it just it just didn't. I I bounced off of it. Okay, All right. Nick. What did you? I, I just, what, I'm, I'm sorry. Back to like, Nick. What did you think? I, of, I feel like of I'm German allowed one film. stupid reason to to not. I mean, I thought the album was fine, but it kept distract. Because, you know, the rest of the music has this sort of consistent tone. And then I'm hearing this guy, and I'm like, man, he could do, like, the Toy Story song real good. You know? And I'm like, Jesus it was just Christ. really... Fuck. I, I, I admit, it's a bad reason. You've had, but it you've just had some interesting really takes across this, this podcast, and that's definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike Ben, this is my kind of black metal. Um, I ranked it a bit higher than Wog, simply because it is a little more melodic, a little more uh, 
sad. It sounds happy, but in reality, it's <laughs> oh, sad. <geez. laughs> Which, I don't know. This, this album's pretty depressing. And when I say it sounds happy, not in the lyrical content or the yeah, delivery. Yeah, of the it vocals. does sound happy, no, doesn't it? No, the opening track is suppressive as fuck. Let me finish my thought. But in the instrumentation itself, the higher pitch of the guitars sure, and yeah. everything else lends itself to a little more brevity than some of the heavier wally blast beats that we get in some of the other albums on this list yeah, um, yeah. which don't get me wrong i enjoy but i enjoy this style of black metal significantly more and i think the next band we're going to be talking about does it even better Ooh, i will say before we move on uh one of the the opening lines to song number four tier is it eats through me no skin just bare bones it feeds on hate fear intertwined with sorrow yeah, now imagine if Randy Newman's singing that. Every movement hurts me. I curse the day, the night. I'm going insane here. Live with me in Discord. Every movement hurts me. It sounds cooler in German. All right, Nick. Next Nick, up, save us from this scary <laughs> Next tape. up, number nine on our list. Uh, this was uh, my number one, two, uh, three uh album of the mid-year roundup uh it is ellipsis and oceans as in gardens so in tombs yeah so and oceans is my pick it was a real um kind of contentious battle between some of my other uh top picks for this one to make it and oceans is a sometimes called a symphonic black metal band sometimes called a melodic death metal band i view them as just a really good symphonic melodic black metal band um they represent that finnish sound to black metal and there's something about finnish black metal that has always had this kind of epic tone to it um i think it has a flavor of the old kind of like cultural sound that a lot of finnish music has and especially the experimentation and kind of breath that Finnish death metal has. Um, this is very like a fast. It's very it's very bold. And I think compared, where as Nick said that called Lipie warm. To me, this is like scalding hot black metal. Um, mm. It's not necessarily like grimy, um, though it has its kind of grime to it. But like kind of like the album art really kind of shows. It's like a dragging up into this high mm. kind of very like intense swelling sound um with, Definitely. with just incredible soundscape like the the atmospheric like totality of this album um i think is really beautiful and it's one of the few um albums on my on my list this year that has really just like purely beautiful moments um and what made me listen to the album was the opening track as in garden so in tombs um because there's just this kind of beautiful slow melodic guitar that leads into like a quiet piano movement that is just like one of my favorite moments on an album this year um so i uh and, and oceans I, has been I, around for 10 years so. I, I feel a lot of the same matt mm -hmm. that you do about this the only note i had is i feel like the album peaked sort of in the middle mm, okay and i felt like it kind of not flatline like it was still really good but i thought the album peaked with Cloudheads and then wine water sure i thought okay. those two songs were like 
maybe the two best songs out of any out of all top 15 albums i thought they were so fucking good i loved them i don't feel like the rest of the album matched that but it was still great if if that makes sense see it's funny because um, one of my favorite moments on the whole album is the last track ambivalent god fair enough fair enough um but at least from what i was looking for i i, I thought it was a super great album uh kyle opinions so i so first off when Matt told me he was going to put this on his top five, he told me it was a doom metal band. Yeah, that, I fucked that up. Yeah, that was a fuck up. <laughs> yep. So I there, was going into it. There is a doom album that I was gonna put on this list. <laughs> I wasn't gonna mention it, um, but I'm not sad with the album I picked. No. The, um. So when the symphonic black metal hit, I was like, oh, okay. Fuck you, Matt. This is great. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> I didn't put at the halter of the horn gods on here to be nice. Yeah, no, this album's great. Um, these guys have been doing this for almost thirty years, yeah. um, and it, it's it. You can tell it, it's just great black metal through and through. Um, the Sifana bits are fantastic. Um, great riffs, great solos. It's a all around good time. Um, the vocals crisp. For you know, thirty years of badgering that voice, yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually quite shocking, um, but it's it's all around very good. I do recommend. Uh, Nick, what all did right, you think? All right, and the tastemaker himself. Antoshim. What's the final say? You know, it's funny. We've been kind of talking about melody and symphonic mm-hmm. uh, styles a lot these last couple of bands, and I'm looking at my list, and I realized that as the list continues to go up, the more melodic it becomes. Ooh. Um, but with that being said, I love warm music in cold fucking genres. And that's yeah. what this album is. And I think it's perfectly exemplified by the beginning of, please don't attack me, Lick It, Torn, and Gendam Caught. Yeah, um, perfect. Nine where out, it's, ten out of ten. <laughs> where it's just these really boppy warm synths and then black metal. And I'm like, let's yeah. go. It's, it's, it's having a good time. It is, and I love having a good time in genres about just death and sadness and Satan and misery and like yeah. you want to dance to it. Yeah, I think all, all in my opinion, all of my top five are danceable albums, including Alther. Yeah, yeah. But this is not the I, most I danceable. I also agree. No, I agree. <laughs> but I wonder <gasps> if the number eight album of the mid-year you also feel will be danceable. It is... Suotana with the album, please pardon my pronunciation, Aunas One, O U N A S One. What album? Did no one choose this album? That's one of Monty's. Is it? What? Say the Is name of the so, album again. So Tuna? Oh! Oh, you said the name so bad, I didn't know what you meant. Um. <laughs> I was like, I've never fucking heard of that band. Um, yeah. Oh, so yeah, this is my album. Um, oh boy. Okay. This wow, is this, that in. this is Sautana, um, which is the combination of the word Sao, which means swamp, and and Satanana, which means Satan. So they're swamp Satan. Uh, which Man, is that's a stretch. My, okay. My second favorite thing about the band. Hey, that's what they fucking said their name comes from. All right. Swamp Satan. Okay. Um, Anuus One 
uh, is a really beautiful slab, a very fast, like kick in the face melodic black uh, melodic black metal that has the same kind of tonal atmosphere. Uh, it's a really beautiful version of uh, melodic and and melodic death metal that has a really beautiful tonal atmosphere that kind of brings you through it. It has that epic almost. Um, Viking metal sound to it in its approach um, But when it comes to this kind of flavor um, This kind of reminds me of early glory hammer, but as a mellow black album um, It has the death metal vocals, but the instrumentation and in the kind of tonal nature of it made me feel very um, Black metal uh, and I had a really good time with this. It's another album about like being cold and dead um, and they have an amazing um, band photo of them of the lead singer casting a magic orb while they all hold sticks which if that doesn't set the tone for how cool this album is I don't know what else will and best piano of the year Kyle did you find it equally cool I did um, I would actually say it's more of a love child between black metal and power metal in terms of yes. And yeah, in terms of the musicianship, um, like the melodicness, it was very much power metal, but the vocalization is very much black metal with some tremolo picking and, you know, blast beats yeah. and all that fun stuff. But anyways, no, like, like most of the riffs were very much in line with the power metal along with um, some of the epicnic, epicness of the feel of the whole album itself, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, it was a great blend between the two genres, in my opinion. I think I think if you take the song The Ancients and you listen to the intro before the vocals start, it very well could be a power metal song. The guitar tone's a little a little a little grimier, but like it sounds like a really like American power metal. <laughs> Even though they're Finnish. This I album thought... Sorry, Ben. But this album is literally literally angry heavy power metal like, yeah. is what it is is literally what it is like everything like you guys bells. have said i completely agree with this album is so much fun i when it comes to like melodic death or melodic black wherever the hell you want to place this album yeah. this is this is what i'm here for this is what i come to the mellow extreme genres for it's i love this album if you're looking for like a literal good time in death metal or black metal this is where it's at and i think my favorite song on the album is probably through the mammoth valley because yeah. it's just oh. fun it's so much fun and it's, only, it's uh. only four minutes but it feels longer because of the kind of like to me the epic presentation and the the amount of keys this isn't a mm. band that just used their keyboardist their fucking keyboardist is an important forward-facing member of the project yeah, I love the keyboard work in this. Um, I, I like the individual solos that there were. It was a little too power metal-y for oh, my liking. Oh, no. Shocking. You're going to love the top, uh, Nick's top three. But, uh, but you know, that that's the least of my problems this album. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, good fucking yeah. time. One this is, that I did enjoy. I, I will say real quick for a moment. This is, like, currently my number two album of the year. Um it's just it's the best time you can have with traditional black metal well one that i enjoyed a bit more <laughs> and is number seven 
We've reached the halfway point on Nick's list. Yowza. It is Curtain Wall oh! with the album Siege Obsessed. Well, all right, this is the greatest album released of the year. Um, <laughs> nothing else can touch this wa- uh, album whatsoever. Why'd you spell Curtain Wall wrong, Kyle? It's Curtain Wall. Um, you know how it's spelled. Uh, this is this is another project from uh, Abysmal Spectre, the genius mastermind behind Grimestone Records. And incredible bands such as Bloody Keep, Forgotten Wind, Lace Shaw, Mousen, the legendary old Nick, and a whole host of other releases. Um, I don't think you can have as much fun as this man did. Uh, Abysmal Spectre is, in my opinion, the greatest gift black metal has had in the last five years, especially for American black metal that stands directly opposed to NSBM and hate and is trying to kind of, to me, move beyond what black metal elitists would like people doing with the genre of music. Uh, this is barely a black metal album, and that's the best fucking part, because it's just like 15th century folk music, but performed by a demon. And boy, does that make me have a good fucking time. It also has some of the most delicious uh, vocals on it um, that are delivered by guest musician... Elvia. Yeah, Elvia, who also plays uh, the amazing Dulcimer. You look up Elvia Dulcimer. Uh, She plays uh, the Dulcimer. She doesn't play it on this album. Uh, But all the moments where she sings, to me, are my favorite moments of music this year. This has my entire top five songs of the year. This is a great fucking album. And this is the best album to dance to. No fucking question. Curtain Wall, baby. Yeah, this is my number four of the year. Um, I, I, you had to listen to this early a few months ago. Yeah, it was right, right I when it to came it, out. I was, yeah, and I was like, this is good, you know. And then I really, the second time around I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is good. You know, I, yeah. this to me is like the Orange Cassidy of black metal. Yeah. Where like, it works because even though it's really stupid, it's perfectly done. Like. It's not, it's perfect. Like, yeah, it, it's perfect. And what I think really puts it over the top... I mean, the, instr- the instrumentation is great, right? Like, full props to there. But I think what really puts it over the top is the vocals. Yeah. Because the, the main vocals are so overly throaty and mean and angry, but excellent. And at the same time, then, you have Elvia's vocals, oh. which are just beautiful. Stunning. And professional. And, like, I really think it's Elvia that makes yeah, the album 100%. what it is. It would be a great album without her vocals. Without without her, but, this wouldn't have captured me the same way. Yeah, it's because that through all of the quirky but well-constructed chaos, you have this beautiful professional singing throughout, which you're like, okay, well, it can't be that gimmicky, you know, if we have this going on over here. It's just a, a wonderful... Uh, a skewing of expectations. I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's moments of the album that directly quote um, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I don't know how you get better than that. Uh, Kyle, can we get better than that? Tell us, what do you think about the album? So I, <laughs> I am the Shut outlier. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I am the outlier in this one. Um, 
Okay, the lyrics been are great. more wrong than since you hated women on this podcast. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, That's so a I, I doesn't hate women. So I agree. The lyrics are great. Um, that that is the saving grace for this album for me. Everything else, musicianship. It sounds like a a mediocre polka band played Dive by a bunch of wow. yeah, play, played by a bunch of ten year olds. Um, the My whole top ten this year wow. is going to be exclusively ska because of you. <laughs> the vocals. It sounds like a, a dehydrated flogging throat fucked. That's um, the point, Kyle. <laughs> his name's a, his name is Abysmal Specter. How else is he supposed to sound? Like a specter, not. He was not singing a, in that helmet. No, like he's he's supposed to sound like a specter, not a dehydrated frog that's getting throat fucked. That's fuck. how the old fucking <laughs> you don't sound, hang out with and That's specters. how a good one sounds. It's supposed to sound like a dehydrated frog. That's getting throat fucked? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I what disagree. What is Ryan supposed to sound Gunner. like? You want him to sound like fucking oh Sir God. David Attenborough? <laughs> oh, God damn it. God damn it. I know this is going to happen. All right, move on. Nick, what did you <laughs> think of this Ryan, album? Nick. Don't oh, die in okay, a hole, so Kyle. I'm going to be real honest. When Matt posted this the first time, I listened to Wooden Sword, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm not listening to it's this. It's an intro track. And then I had to listen to it for this yeah! podcast and got to Siege Obsessed. And I was like, hold the fuck up. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, as our good friend would say. And I was fucking in. And I apologize for cursing so much, but this album deserves it because it shouldn't be as fun and as good as it is. The dichotomy between the lead vocalist and Elvia is just insane and it works perfectly it somehow just wraps the whole nonsense up into this nice little package and keeps it contained and listenable and it's just it sh- as ben said it shouldn't be as good as it is with yeah. being as freaking ridiculous as it is at the same time um i understand where kyle's coming from he's wrong mm-hmm. but i understand fuck you no i'm right coming from. <laughs> i'm right kyle just hates originality the- it's not original. It sounds I'm like a bunch of 10-year-olds I... playing goddamn instruments. Kyle, I'm shocked that I don't have the hot take on this episode. Yeah. Like, that really uh, surprises me. I, you're, 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 Kyle, you know what you sound like right now? You sound like a black metal elitist on Facebook. No, I don't. Oh, what my the God. fuck? No, I do not. Wow. I will, That's wow. Pull, All right. I will pull I will pull up the conversation I had on Facebook with a bunch of black metal leaders about this album. Stop, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> All right, uh, well here. The last note. Somebody's getting reslight tomorrow. Phase <laughs> Pond might be my favorite song on the album. Um, for, only... for me, it's a Newcastle is born because it has both yeah. the most black metal and the most not black metal in the same song. Yeah, you and really Houndskull. Can't go wrong. Houndskull. You really you, can't. It's really can't. I will. And you know what? This entire conversation has made me love the album even more. I'm not, yeah, I'm it's going up honest. the list. Um, I will say, if you want to be the album's biggest fan, or at least make my make my year all the better, I completely missed out on getting any of the physical releases for this band besides a t-shirt, um, which is my favorite t-shirt now. Uh, if you have a tape or one of the physical releases, I'll trade for you. I will, I will give you a massage. Just DM us on, on Instagram, because I desperately want one of the tapes that were released from this. All right, well, let's move on. To the number six pick of the year. I don't know where you go from here. Something tells me it's the last one that Nick himself did not choose. 
and it is Black Braid yeah. with their second album. Black Braid 2! Black Braid 2! Back, back to the, to the worst opinion for the podcast. Kyle, tell us about your correct about Black Braid. My opinion is always trash, fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, Black Braid is a one-man band from the Adirondack Mountains of New York. Adirondack, same shit. Um, regardless. <laughs> I mean, regardless. Uh, so, <laughs> this album is a expansion of the first album, by far. Um, it, the soundscape definitely expands. Um, he implements more experimentation within the songs, which helps it completely. Um, it's also not six songs, which is great. Um, so, yeah, it's a full album. And with the acoustic songs within the album, uh, the first two actually are a lead-up into the songs um, that are next, which I think is a great highlight point while putting in those uh, traditional Native American instrumentation within those songs. And within the black metal, he still does the uh, more scarcely the instrumentation of the classic uh, folk sounds of the Native Americans, which is great. Um, the vocalizations, crisp, um, and if you're able to see them live, go for it. Um, I got a t-shirt, signed vinyl by them. It is... still kind of falls into like the same range where i'm like this is really impressive it's really cool i'm glad they're doing it but like it just doesn't take itself up a notch it goes it's kind of sits in the same uh realm as your other two picks where they are really good but like that was it if that makes sense like i had the exact same experience super fucking good really liked it I'm glad there was a more of it, and I definitely think it's better than Black Braid Run. Um, but yeah, Ben, what did you think? You took the exact oh. words out All of right. my mouth. I, I, the note I wrote was, I feel like I should like this more than I do. Yeah, I agree. And I really liked it. It was, it was like right at my top five. Mm-hmm. So I liked it a lot, but I came away from it, and I was like, I really liked it. But it has everything that I love. So why did I only really like it? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, songs. I, I don't songs know. And like I had the moss-covered bones I, on the altar of the moon. Like, could have been enough. Yeah, like I, I thought a fine day to die was the best song on the album. It's a cover, song. by the way. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it was a really that good explains cover. that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but uh, I thought that. It was uh, just like Black Braid 1. I really liked the album, but I kept feeling like I should like it more than I do. Mm. I don't know what's going on there. 
Um, Nick, any thoughts to add? Uh, your guys' exact criticism is why it did not make my top five. Uh, okay. This is on my like yearly contenders playlist, mm-hmm. and I've listened to this album a ton of times. Um, I had a lot of similar thoughts about Black Braid 1, where I'm like, this is really good. Uh, I want more of this. A full album, please. And then also a little more of the Native American influences. Mm-hmm. He added more uh, in length and also influences in this album but i still want more you know um outside of the sprinkling in that he did put in it's more or less a pretty straightforward black metal album um to its credit though um on the drop of a drop of a dime whatever the hell the expression is um he can just summon atmosphere which is an incredible skill and I think the atmosphere on this album is second to none, and arguably the True. best on the list that we have here today. Um, well, but well, I respect your that, opinion. <laughs> with that being said, your guys' criticism is why it didn't make my top five. It will probably make my top ten list this year. We'll see. We've still got a lot of we'll music see. ahead of us. Um, and in hindsight, I probably should have switched this in curtain wall, but that's okay. Damn right. No, I, I, I disagree. You're number one with Curtain Wall, the best album of the year. I mean, if he's just to throw that out there, if he's leaving you with wanting a little bit more, that means he's hooked you in for the next album, too. Well, I mean, there's a difference. That's between, some like, WWE see, logic. See, Kyle. Like, but there's a difference between like wanting more of the album and then wanting more like as in going deeper into what he's trying to do. You know it's, what I mean? Yeah, it's the difference yeah, between I, me, Spider the the new Spider Man movie, the new Miles Morales Spider movie, and the new Fast and the Furious movie. Both are part ones of a bigger story. One of them just ends, and you're like, "Oh, cool! I would have liked to have more of that." And then the other one ends, and you're like, "Oh my god!" The story that was being told was set up. It was finished, but I know there's something else, and I'm ready for it. Um, and it's well, still Matt, enjoy the first part. Hopefully, the uh, the next Fast and Furious uh, lives up to those expectations that that you, you were set for. It, it. won't. Uh, I I would call this the true crime streets of L.A. of the mid year roundup. Um, yeah, I'll, what we we can leave it there as we move into the top five. Albums of the mid-year, as chosen by the tastemaker himself, Nick. We're going to start out with one that I talked about on a previous episode. Nick's number five oh, album yeah, of the one. year is the self-titled Massive Gun <laughs> by the band Massive, Massive Gun. Gun. <laughs> um, it, and in my review, I, I said that I really liked it. I wanted more. It felt like the, a really good start of something bigger. Uh, Nick, tell us how it made it into your top five. I technically cheated uh, because this is an EP, not an album. That's fine. I, oh, I would have fucked. We, we had this argument last year. Yeah. Anyway, this is a the initial release of Massive Gun out of Columbus, Ohio. They are an unsigned uh, death metal deathcore band. And the fact that I have a deathcore band on my top five speaks volumes. These guys have this just disgusting, heavy, grimy as shit, but also really short and concise death metal that is so much fun. And it's it's almost silly with like how heavy it is. 
and how just yes. gross it is. But like that's why I love it so much because it's kind of taking that like I don't want to say seriousness because anybody that takes death metal too seriously is a nerd and needs to calm down. It's like black this... metal. If you think it needs to be like a specific way because that's the way the genre is, you're you're an asshole. Yeah, and but it takes like the quote-unquote seriousness of death metal to such an extreme that it becomes cheesy. And I love it so much. And also the fact that each song, I'm pretty sure the average length of the songs on this album is a minute and a half on the high end. Yeah, the, the whole EP is 10 minutes. About. Basically a grindcore yeah. album. It's fantastic. It's I, I love this album. I cannot wait for a full uh, full release by these two guys. And um, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say. I'm really curious about what you guys thought. All right, Kyle. Um, I wouldn't say I love the album. I say I really like it. Um, it's straight chuggy goodness, and that's all it was to me. <laughs> that's all I could really say. Yeah, this the massive gun is like a massive gun. It's really cool. I want to watch you shoot something with it. Um, and then I'm a cool. Like, I would love to see this band live. I think they would absolutely yeah. crush live. But they, they fall into, like, for me, like, the blood tsunami bear mace death metal range. Where it's a style of death metal that I really enjoy because it's fun, but I'm never gonna like sit down and be like, you know what I want to listen to right now? Massive Gun. Uh, but if they come on, I'm banging my head. So it's I mean it's a good time. It's just the most solid good time when it comes to this kind of style of of death metal. Um, but it doesn't do much for me, but I like it. Bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, I, I said uh, everything I wished to previously. I, I echo most of uh, Nick's sentiments. I had it a bit further up the list just because I liked other albums more. But more than anything, I just want to see more from these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also probably ranked them a bit lower because I felt like Dead Body, uh, which was in my 2022 top albums of the year. I liked their EP more and I felt like it was in the same sort of genre uh but that shouldn't take anything away from this this was also really good uh let's keep it going to number four and and i i would just like to say as we get to these top four albums i'd like to recuse myself (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah ben you can can really starting at number four (laughs) yeah um yeah uh number four onward is uh hey kermit no, no Number four, I th- number four, number four, I thought was good, uh, but I don't have much to add to the discussion, <laughs> and I don't know that I will for the rest of the episode. So, in lieu of pulling a Kyle, wow, I will instead <laughs> throw it to defer Kyle. to you, Nick, to explain the joys of Gatekeeper and their album from Western Shores. Gatekeeper is an epic heavy metal band out of. Edmonton, Alberta, and Vancouver. Um, Edmonton. Full Canadian epic heavy metal. Um, I did not enjoy their previous releases as much as this one, Um, but I think that's because this release leans far more into the uh, the traditional heavy metal sound and kind of sprinkles in the epicness. Um, I don't typically like epic heavy metal so this was quite the surprise for me um 
but they do pretty much everything I like in heavy metal. They even sound like a chirping bird sometimes with his Oz, yes. and it makes me laugh every time I hear it, and it makes so me strange. very happy. <laughs> oh, so now you like birds and music, but not when Zoe yeah, had you, a whole album about you're it. Fucking well, see, those were intentional birds. This guy is making funny noises with his mouth. They um, are pretty entertaining. And I kind of equate it to the same, like, bleh, in death metal and black metal, but bleh. in heavy metal. Bleh. So instead of a bleh, bleh. it's a, I'm not even going to try, but a high-pitched ah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If you like uh, really melodic metal, I mean, you can't go wrong with this. It's also super freaking nerdy. Um, death on Black sure. Wings is base, is basically like the intro to a D&D campaign. Um, Western Shores is about like invading another nation. Uh Keepers of the Gate is just a bop and a half. Like it's really hard to go wrong with this album if you like nerdy metal. It's it's great. Much like Eddie Kingston, this was my rising star of the year. Um, an album that when I first saw it on the list, and I was like, oh fuck, it's another trad band. I'm gonna have to talk <laughs> shit about one of Nick's picks. And I was like, man, I hope that's not the case. And I listened to the first song, and I was like, oh, all right. Well, this one was good, but usually this is how this goes. But then it just stayed good. Like, it never, it never ever fell into, I think, some of the traps that are very prevalent in the modern um, genre of traditional heavy metal. Um, this is just a really good, solid time. I haven't really found my, like, Doom album of the year yet. There's usually one that captures the kind of style of Doom I really love. But if any album's gonna come close to capturing the kind of like joyous feeling I get from listening to like really epic, slow but purposeful doom metal, it's this album. Very cool, uh, Kyle. What would you like to add? Um, so I have a bit of an opposite opinion of you two. Um, Ooh. yeah. Um, so to me, this was just straight Judas Priest worship, and if I want to listen yeah. to, so if I want something. You know, in the lines of Judas Priest, I'll just listen to Judas Priest. Um, I also had an issue of differentiating between the riffs. Um, so at certain points, I'm like, am I listening to the same song? And it turns out I was three songs deep. So that was a bit of an issue for me. Um, lyrically, it was fine. Uh, you know, Valhalla and all that shit, you know. Hell yeah. little, little, little overdone, but it was still good. Um, but in... In retrospect, it's it's still a good album. Um, it's just not my cup of tea, if that makes sense. It's not your flavor. Yeah. I actually had a lot of the same notes as Kyle did. I had the exact thing where I checked. I was like, how long is this song? And I was like, oh, oh wow, we way, we're like halfway through all of a sudden. Huh. Uh, I didn't mind it. Well, that's surprising. Um, I Again, Nick, Nick, I'm with you on this one. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this does it's just, just a good time and the vocals are actually consistent and good which I think mm -hmm. is a real credit to this album it, it does like I don't like traditional American style head, uh, power metal you know I'm a big Euro cheese fan um, but this kind of does that kind of like melodic epicness that's just really pretty it's a very like relaxing album like I listened to this on my drive through the Adirondack Mountains, same with Black Braid, um, and it felt just so, like, peaceful. You mm -hmm. know, I was just like, I was like, oh, this is just really nice. You know, it's not really asking me to do anything or, 
you know, like think too hard, but it's it's doing everything it's doing so well that uh, it's I think it's a great spot to have on your list. And what's what's next, Nick? Well, next up, we are at our top three, and it is a power metal powerhouse trio that's closing us out here. Mm-hmm. In case you couldn't guess, but number three on our list is uh my my least favorite of the trio it is twilight force at the heart of wow. winter vale your least favorite of wow that is so out of out of your three power metal albums it was my least favorite of the three you ranked the other two albums higher too you know so don't blame me the yeah, my top three change on any given day i'm gonna be real honest um, all three of these albums we're going to talk about are fantastic, but Twilight Force is a symphonic power metal band who has dubbed themselves as adventure metal. Yep. They are uh, Swedish, which mm. makes me love them a little more, even a little more, because they are European power metal, just like all the power metal bands we'll be talking about. I go, Gee, no, my number one is not European, I'm pretty sure. But with that being uh, said, this is their fourth release. Um at the heart of Winter Vale. And I would say this is also their best written album yep. by a wide margin. Um, they, it is, their previous albums I personally found a little hard to kind of keep track of the story as it's going along. They tend to bounce around a bunch. This one, from beginning to end, you can tell it's about The Last Crystal Bearer, as the name of the last song mm-hmm. is. Um, and kind of going through his journey and then obviously other things happening in the world of twilight force as well but if you love like i guess chimey might be the word i want to use um yeah galloping really fun uh jovial power metal this is your band um it's super upbeat super lighthearted, but they also have killer riffs and just absolutely shred periodically throughout the album too but then they all then they kind of mellow that out with super super catchy songs like sunlight night that just you hear it once and you can sing along with it i Um, think that that's that's always outside besides glory hammer twilight force amongst all of the big modern members of the power metal scene do have that moment where you feel like this triumphant joy singing mm-hmm. along and engaging with the music um for me i i had, kinda... I had very similar opinions to nick there there are three great power metal albums this year they're twilight force glory hammer and ascension we're going to talk about the other ones in nick's order but for me this was the one um this is the one that had the most beauty um it had the most kind of sparkly joy to it that i felt wasn't as present or felt more manufactured on some of the other releases this year. Um, this album feels so genuine and beautiful. Um, and I think it had the best epic of the three albums. I think Highland of the Elder Dragons is one of my favorite epics I've heard, not only from Twilight Force, but in Power Metal this whole year. Um, Kyle. I fucking love this album. Um, it's actually my number four album of the year. Um, swapping out Bogginator. Um, so I oh, yeah. took it off my list just because I know Nick was going to put it on his. Um, so, but okay. yeah. Um, the way it opens is great. Um, 
just crazy riffage, then just powers through to straight power metal. Vocalization, nice and crisp. Um, it is night and day between um, Dawn of the Dragon Star to this album. It's yeah. uh, it, uh-huh. it's huge improvement. Oh yeah, it's astronomical. Is is the best way to put it. Um, I love this album. I listen to it at least twice a week. Oh shit! I yeah, it it's up there, man. I love this album. I respect, it, respect. Yep. That's all. I all right, Ben, you wanna it. you wanna crush our souls? Yeah, you want you want you wanna take a shit on the parade? I just don't like power metal. All right, respect. like, <laughs> like, like it's, it's not it's like it's nothing personal, kid. You know, I mean, I I like that you find enjoyment out of this. I I'm happy. You're I just. Happy. <laughs> yeah, I just bounce off the lyrics. I just hate the triumphant tone. I just find it silly, and it just doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't make it bad. Like, clearly, it's it's on me that I don't recognize it, since all of you guys are uniformly like, this is great. I thought that for as far as power metal sounds, it sounds good, I guess. I'm glad of all the albums released that are on this list today, the one album you called silly was the triumphant power metal album and not <laughs> the cartoonishly joyful medieval folk album. Cause like power metal to me feels like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. And I just it I just don't you watch wrestling vibe with I mean that. it's also kind of the point, Ben, that is feels like a Saturday night right. day, morning right, cartoon. Exactly, I know. So like, like it's, it's doing He-Man its job well. It's just not it's just not my bag. And I tell you what else is in my bag. Although, out of the three top power metal albums here, this was my favorite because I thought it felt a little more uh, foreboding. Mm. Uh, it is Glory Hammer's Return to the Kingdom of Fight. Well, Nick, what Nick, an Nick, album. Nick, in- introduce us here. Glory Hammer is an incredible power metal band out of uh, Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the sister band to one of our favorite bands, Ailstorm. And this is their fourth release coming off of the trilogy ended by Legends from Beyond the Galactic Terror Vortex, mm-hmm. Return to the Kingdom of Fife, which picks up immediately after the last album ends. And the fade from the last album into this album, it's mm-hmm. as if it didn't even stop. Yeah. Um, and they did replace the lead singer um, from the first three albums into this one. And while I think I may hold the minority opinion on this, I actually like his vocal style more <laughs> than, than the previous vocalist. I think his uh, vocals work better with the band as a whole and the sound that they have. Now... Mm-hmm. Our previous boy does hold a special place in my heart, and I think his vocals stand out more. Um, but I like the way this guy uh, worked the band more. Anyway, I think that this album is one of their better ones. I don't think it's their best one. I think their previous release was better. Mm-hmm. Um, but damn, is this album fun. It starts off with a song that's just straight Rhapsody tribute. Um, <laughs> and then rolls into basically setting up the new plot the new um, Angus McFife mm-hmm. um, and then kind of starts going through making all these callbacks to their previous albums all these different nods um, 
in Wasteland Warrior Hoots Patrol, there's a nod to Ailstorm. There's a section that basically sounds like an Ailstorm song. Um, incredibly catchy. Um, I think the weakest part of the album is probably Fife Eternal. Um, yeah, big time. And that being said, I still think it's super freaking good. And in my opinion, uh, the highlight of the album is Keeper of the Celestial Flame of Abernathy, uh, mm-hmm. basically going into Sagafrax's backstory. Which is um, really cool. I recommend yeah, if we you follow if you follow the band on Instagram, they posted like a seven picture long official timeline trying to tie the whole narrative of them together and it is one of the most hilarious things to read. And that's honestly one of my favorite parts about this band is that from album to album to album, they're telling one long narrative with all the same characters, but mm-hmm. through time travel and interdimensional travel, and it's like, but it's still all the same characters in one long story. And even though like the main character is technically Angus McFife, I would make the argument that the main character is actually Sagafrax because he's yeah. the only consistent character through every single album that has not changed in any like timey wimey interdimensional bullshit and who's man what kyle and who's man the Uh, hootsman yeah well the hoots i think the hootsman in this album is different than the previous well you know he also got sent back in time to this timeline oh hootsman did i thought hootsman because he he allegedly died in what the second album and then came back as a god in the third one yeah he's also from the future true Anyway, Regardless, I'm very uh, curious to hear what you guys think. <laughs> uh, for me, the only reason I like this album less than Twilight Force is because it does have those few moments where I just stop caring. Um, I think there, and I don't know if it's Chris, it's Chris's thing, or it's just something to do with the way that Ailstorm and Gloryhammer write music. But they, Glory, both Gloryhammer and um, and Aelstrom did the same thing for me, which is where on their first two releases, they did something that was so refreshing and so epic and exciting that I was like utterly captivated from the beginning to the end every time um, and can go back to those albums a million times. Um, and Aelstrom kind of kept that alive for a little bit longer. But, you know, on their the last two releases, they've been good, but I've never been like, oh, I'm going to go and listen to that. You know what I mean? And there are moments on this album, songs, this album that I definitely go back and listen to, but it's starting to lose its magic for me. And I think a big part of that for me personally is the vocals. Um, I, my favorite thing about Glory Hammer was the vocals. And typically my favorite thing about power metal in general is the vocal delivery. And while I think the new singer is a fantastic singer and does a good job, the music still sounds so much like old glory hammer that with his vocals on top of it, I'm just not as sold on the experience. Um, though still an amazing album altogether. I think songs like, um, Vorpal laser blade of power or, uh, of Pitweem, Pitweem, I think is how you say it. Pitweem. Yep. Have like a really exciting sound, um, that I hope we hear more of in the future. And I think, the new lead singer's vocals fit on that one a bit better than they do on some of the other tracks. Um, but if you're going to replace your singer and make a new album, make at the heart of Wintervale. 
Well, there's one more to talk about. Kyle, do you have any thoughts before we continue? Yeah. Um. So I'm kind of with Matt where I preferred uh, the original Angus, but I understand why they broke off because if you listen to Angus the Six, it's uh-huh. very poppy. Uh, where it it's is a different, uh, Matt- it's a different, it's a different creative mindset. Exactly. Um. In that respect, I think this vocalist fits more into the power metal uh, atmosphere, okay. for lack of a better term, um, in this regard. Um, musically speaking, I think Twilight Force is better, mm-hmm. but Glory Hammer, I think, is more fun, if that makes more sense. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think that's a not an unreasonable perspective. And yeah, that's my input on this album. I I prefer Twilight Force, but Glory Hammer is still a fun time. Well, we have one more to talk about. So save your final breaths for Nick's number one album Ooh. presently of the mid-year. The tastemaker himself has spoken. Nick, tell us what you love about Ascension with their album Under the Veil of Madness. I love cheese yeah. so much. Uh, I just can't get enough of it. And this cheese is right out of Aberdeen, Scotland. So I was wrong. They are European. I'm full of shit. Ha <laughs> um, But with that being said, Under the Veil of Madness is their third album after a 10-year hiatus between their last album. And right off the bat, they take a big old glob of mozzarella and just shove it right in your face um, with Sayonara. Uh, yeah, which is... actually. It's so it's, fucking ridiculous. The, the, the name alone is freaking hilarious. Um, but it actually sets up the narrative of the, of the entire album. Um, and that is actually a common theme among my favorite albums historically, and definitely my top three this year, is that they're very narrative-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but this album is so much fun. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's so silly. It's just over the top all the way through just riffing from beginning to end unnecessary shredding um and then right when you think like you heard everything they can do they hit you with under the veil of madness mm-hmm. which might be my favorite epic of the year oh, um, wow. it's, it's in close contention with uh, the last crystal bearer off of uh, twilight forces album um but i've definitely listened to under the veil of madness the song so many times um there was a couple of weeks where i listened to it every single day on my way to work um particularly the part where they get to the courtroom just it makes me so happy because it's so silly oh my goodness um but it's also good right like it's not just silly like there's actual talent um and work that has gone into this album it's not just people having a goof like there's genuine quality songwriting and you see that in the like the last three songs, or part one, two, and three, Under the Veil of Madness, Into Power of a Thousand Suns, Into Pages of Gold. Those three songs together, I think, might be my favorite uh, set of songs that have come out this year that kind of rolled into one another. Um, yeah, I mean, I adore this album. Like, I mean, if you don't like power metal, then you're not going to like this album at all because it is... <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> it is quintessential, cheesy European power metal. And I uh, would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah, Kyle? Uh, these guys are Dragon Force Light. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, is it... Is, 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 is it a compliment? Is, is, is it an insult? You decide. 
Yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm going to leave it ambiguous. They really do like flopping their dick out on the table and be like, look what I can do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the best <laughs> yeah. way to... That, that is the best way to put it. Um, I mean, the album's fine. Um, I don't really have much to say. The riffage is good. Um, they have great guitar work, great drums. Uh, lyrically, fine. Uh, vocals, power metal. It's Dragon Source Light. Yeah. So okay. So I'll 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 come to Nick's aid here. Um, for me, when I when I'm ranking the three best power metal albums of the year, it goes Twilight Force, and then like by like a fucking single hair, Ascension comes right below them. Um, I mentioned earlier that I think Alther has some of the best songwriting on this entire playlist. Um, I think Ascension has is in that same discussion. Just for their pure compositional joy, they're just masturbating um, for the entire <laughs> album, in, but in a non-annoying way. It's like it's 55 and a half minutes of, I think, just pure joy and fun. Um, and for someone whose album of the year last year, Power Paladin, was based on the fact that it was a joyous release of good time, that's what's happening here. It, this feels like mm-hmm. a group of musicians who love Twilight, who love... Not Twilight Force, but Dragon Force and very epic, riff-driven, guitar-driven heavy metal and wanted to just, like, do everything that they could to show off to you. Um, the only thing that pulls this album down for me is that I think it gets a little samey. Um, but that sameness is really, really cool. Um, earlier in the year, I think I, I shouldn't, I, I came down on this album a little hard because Ben tried to assert that it was better than Power Paladin. And now we don't need to get into that argument again, um, nor about its place next to Fellowship. But what I think Ascension does is just show off what just like pure talent, um, can do. I think they look like a group of musicians who are really proud of how good they are at playing their music, their, uh, their, uh, instruments. But despite that kind of pretentious aesthetic songs like under the veil of madness and megalomaniac, um, bring so much like fun and freshness to the album that it still stands as one of the best albums of the year. And one of the best written albums of the year. Well, I, could not say it better because I would have not said that (laughs) but I'm glad that there's music of different tastes for all different people now before we go out I will grant every person here 30 seconds to shout out any honorable mentions they have before we sign out and first up is going to be for Kyle so Kyle I will ask you first do you have any honorable mentions for the first half of 2023 yeah, um, this is not a band in my top 10, but I want to give them a shout out. Um, the band is called Zulu. Um, they are a hardcore band that sings about the black experience in America. Um, do check them out. They are a fun time. Um, even though I do not relate to them, but it's still a fun album. Check them out. Have fun. And for the bands on the list, I want your merch. Please send us links. Thank you. All right, now that we've gone through our e-begging of the episode, part I two, did that earlier. let's move on to our other e-begger, Matt. Uh, what recommendations do you have? Um, I'll start Sango Sugabog, um, Ruskaja, Inherent the Void, the new Mizmur album, as Ben mentioned earlier, 
the new Gone Mage album. There's also a new Enable of Ascaris album. I think the best EP of the year this year comes down between Tribulations, Harmarathia, where they celebrate their new musician and are able to play the best Ghost song since Ghost's second album. Um, and Scowl, who kind of present a combination of like pop punk and indie punk uh, mixed with grindcore. Uh, last but not least, At the Altar of the Horn Gods, one of the most cool albums released this year. And again, last but not least, one more time, um, one of the best things in D-beat and hardcore black and punk, uh, Melissa from New York. Go check out their new EP. All right. And Nick, the tastemaker himself, any other honorable mentions you'd like to add as we close out our mid-year roundup? All right, I got quite a few, so I'll try to be quick. I would highly recommend Tanith and Crownlands. They're two dad rock bands, very much in the vibe of Rush and Thin Lizzy. Mm -hmm. Crownlands starts off with an 18-minute epic. If that doesn't entice you, then don't listen to the rest of the album because you won't like it. Um, I want to also give a shout-out to Frozen Soul. It is Cold Bolt Thrower, enough said. And I also want to give a shout-out to Craving, which might be my favorite black metal uh, release this year but did not make my top five because i like power metal too much and last and certainly not least i want to shout out intoxicated a thrash ish band that really really fucking likes motorhead and does a lot of references and shout outs in their lyrics and instrumentation and i could keep going but we're out of time we certainly are if you guys want any merch from these guys uh i'm putting Bandcamp yes. links uh, in the description of the podcast, yeah, way before uh, or you support, whatever the uh, support them, thing, give them your um, money, buy yeah, their music. Yeah, uh, so Kyle, when the episode posts, I'll show you there, so you can find their merch. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, talk to y'all later. Support the underground. Yeah, I, I was, it's yeah, weird because Monty's not here. Uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. He, uh, follow yeah. Kyle on Instagram if you really want to. Uh, yes nick doesn't use social media so if you want to follow him too bad um overall just uh have a good time support the underground and uh keep listening to good music and if and let me tell you guys sometimes if you really don't like power metal you really need more <laughs> than the fourth time to be the charm good night and good